0: M Rassiano and Michael Lucas I need to write a song, everything is problematic This is Emsolation Because I have to find a way to dump the bodies
1: I mean, do you think there's a universe where you could be rewarded with $100,000 for not having sex? I would have been
0: making bank If you're listening now and you're in Melbourne and you're not wearing a mask But you can't be friends with Michael and I I'm sorry, <laughs> you're out You're in Emsolation What an episode, wow Hello darlings, welcome to episode 53 of Emsolation, and by the way, we reached a million downloads. That's pretty crazy. It's only been four months. Thank you so much for your patronage, for your ears, for your care. Today is also my 20th anniversary with Scotty, my husband, and um, yesterday we were married 13 years. Lucky 13. It's been sometimes during lockdown I thought that might be a curse, but no we're fine I think now we can see the end of the tunnel I think now we know perhaps lockdown four lockdown four stage four is coming to an end perhaps things have lightened off a bit not bickering as much but it's a big deal so uh, Michael and I talk about long-term relationships an honest chat because I think we do need to normalize talking about how hard they are <laughs> they're not easy all the time and honestly you know it's' I'm sick of seeing people online portraying that their marriage is perfect all the time or that their relationship is perfect all the time because we all know it can't be. I might mean Michael's ears. <laughs> That's mean. We also talk about my new favourite show, which if you follow me online, you know I've been banging on about the um, the Casketeers. It is a life-affirming show about death. Yes, you heard me correctly. It's so good. I'm so obsessed with Francis Tiffany. He's the head funeral director. Um, He also uh, retweeted or re-grammed a post of mine yesterday. So I'm in. We're destined to be friends. Uh, It's such a great show. There's so much telly out there at the moment. And Michael has two shows he's been hounding me to watch. So he talks about those. So more recommendations coming your way because that's the number one thing we get asked for, more TV recommendations. We do need to see out the next two weeks, so I get it. Um, Melania Trump, there's a new book out about Melania Trump from her former BFF. Gosh, Michael's the only BFF I have that could write a tell-all pretty much. (laughs) I was thinking about that. Uh, It's extraordinary. Some of the things that have come out of the book, apparently she was recording their conversation. So I don't know how close they were. And um, what else do we talk about? I think that's it. We just, you know, it's a good, it's a good buoyant chat today. I promise you, you're going to walk away feeling happy and light. No politics, no serious politics. Oh, that's a lie. (laughs) No death. That's a lie. But it's uplifting, Death Chat. Trust me. Uh, that's, um, that's it. I've got to go because I've got to go get ready. There's some things happening here, There's some surprises going on for me for our anniversary, and I'm taking Elio out of the house so they can happen. Thank you for getting us to a million downloads and um, enjoy what you're about to hear. Play the music. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is Salation. Welcome to the day of my 20th anniversary with my husband, my other husband, Michael Lucas.
1: (laughs) I'm glad that I've been given a little bit of time on this hello day.
0: It is a hello day because I'll tell you, two months into mine and Scott's relationship, I didn't think we'd make it. Last week I didn't think we'd make it. So, you know. Be
1: brutally honest, is it? Is there some level of relief that it's locked down so even if you wanted to do a big elaborate like some sort of grand night out, you can't even think about it now, you just have to do something contained at home or would you prefer to be doing the big grand extravaganza?
0: Good question. Um, I would have done something big. I do love an occasion. I love a present. I love a reason to theme something. I would have worn green because it's emerald. Um, no, I think I love big occasions. I love like spending months at home and then just exploding out at a thousand. Yeah, Do you, know, you know that. Oh so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, When so you get
1: I, when you get the wind in your sails, it's coming it's like when the stars align, <laughs> things are astrologically so you know what correct. We say,
0: when I when I get the devil in me, look out. I mean, it's <laughs> happening less and less. I used to get the devil in me every Thursday night, you know, for a period of time in the late 90s. Mm. And I go through till Sunday afternoon. But the devil only gets in my in me probably a couple of times a year now. So I think it would have got in me tonight. But I still the do devil. Something.
1: I've i found the devil gets in you. It also walks out at speed. Like you can be there <laughs> at like eleven forty five, the devil is fully present. Eleven forty seven, devil's gone, Chella's been called. <laughs> She's on the way it's out.
0: so good having a daughter who can come pick me up from things when I'm tired. Like it is just the reason you give birth. I mean, all the joy and unconditional love, blah blah blah. 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 But being able to call your adult child and go, babes, <laughs> <laughs> and i mummy's tired," and then she trots. It's really good. So apart from apart from the
1: children, obviously, the child that can pick you up. What is the best thing about being? together with someone for 20 years. I won't ask well, you what I, the worst thing is or maybe maybe we should Well, not.
0: I mean, we can. I mean, a frank and open discussion, and I've written about this before. I've written a column on, you know, there's not a, we need to normalise talking about how hard long-term relationships are because they are. And that then it, it requires constant effort because if you take your foot off, then you just diverge into other paths and they just go further and further away from each other. And it's too hard to pull them back together because all the workers are exhausted and they've got baggy skin around their guts and they don't (laughs) want to be seen nude, all that stuff. (laughs) I was thinking about it last night and the one thing for me, Scott is like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. Intriguing. Yeah. So for the 30 years the Red Hot Chili Peppers have been present in pop culture, in music. They've never once changed. They've never, they've not done a Madonna. They've never reinvented. Every album is the same vibe. They haven't changed their look. They haven't changed their messaging. Nothing. They've just maintained. And Scott Barrow, for me, for 20 years, has maintained. He hasn't changed. He hasn't wavered. He's always there. At the end of the day, I've gone through friendships, I've gone through jobs, I've gone through hairstyles, all the hairstyles. Mm. I've gone through weight gains, weight loss. Scott Barrow has remained steadfast, very much like my dad, Vincy. Like, if you look, my dad hasn't changed one thing about himself except his lost hair, but everything else. So I think... The reason Scott and I work is because his very stable presence
1: mm. and,
0: and I've been able to kind of tether myself to him and then fly off like a lunatic in zephyrs of wind taking the crazy kite up into the atmosphere and just flap like a fuckwit. But the fuckwit is attached
1: to this <laughs>
0: steadfast, stubborn rock. And I know that's not the most romantic way to describe a relationship but for a very anxious person it's, the, it's the been the best thing.
1: I think and, it's romantic, or if not romantic, it's, there's very <laughs> clear value there. There's very clear yeah. value.
0: And, you know, the number one thing I value in the people I allow into my heart and mine is loyalty, and he has been loyal.
1: No, and loyalty, that's right, and camp, but you don't want that from <laughs> your husband necessarily.
0: <laughs> I get that from you. I get that from all the other gays <laughs> in my life. And his acceptance and love of the many other men he has to share me with, and I'm referring to homosexual men, we're not in some kind of weird sex cult, I think is slightly relieved. Basically. I think so, yeah. There's a
1: clear silver lining because <laughs> when you do get the wind in sails and you want to go out, I think most of the time it's to a, some sort of destination or event that he would not be interested in. I mean, I'm pretty sure last Halloween... <laughs> Hi. Don't think he wanted to dress up as one of the cast members of The Little no. Mermaid and dance till two o'clock in the morning.
0: A marriage like mine takes a village, mainly for my side of it. But I I I do love him, but I also don't like him sometimes. And he feels the same way about me. And we say that out loud. You know, there's been times, especially during this second lockdown, where I've even said to you, I've Googled online divorce. I can't do this anymore. I, we're fighting constantly. It's exhausting. The yeah. bickering. The bickering is so dumb.
1: Why? Because your your marriage needs the village, and you were lacking the village. I
0: don't have my village, so poor That's Scott right. has been having to bear the full brunt of responsibility of being. Your
1: marriage husband. is a bit like the Smurf community, but Scott is Smurfette, <laughs> as in the only straight man there. And imagine if it was just one Smurf and Smurfette. It's just wrong.
0: Well, I mean, you and Adrian have been together a long time. What's the secret to your relationship?
1: I mean, we get along really well.
0: I gave you the kite and the rock. What are you two? Oh
1: God! I mean, I, I'm, it's can it just be that we love each other and we get we really we but also yeah, we're very too. very happy spending lots of time with each other and that's been proven by this lockdown. We also make each other laugh a lot. We have
0: you have the same tastes.
1: Yeah, mostly. I mean, I mean, he would be offended by that, and would say, <laughs> and would say that my taste is trash, and that you only need look. We are actually the biggest struggle we've had in lockdown is just determining what to watch on every night because there's always some Criterion art movie he wants to watch, and there's always some <laughs> trashy comedy that I want to watch. But, uh, yeah, lots of lots of in-jokes as well, constantly. Yeah. We just wander around the house making each other laugh, imitating – he's very good imitating voices. He does a brilliant Hillary Clinton. He yes. Does- <laughs> and um, I'm entertained all the time.
0: But also you love kind of big dramatic personalities. He and I are quite similar in that. Adrian – I mean, if you first meet Adrian, you wouldn't know that because he's very, you know, immaculate and Asian and unassuming and, you know, poised. But when you get to know Adrian – as I have. There's Italian realized, drama. Yeah. He's a diva as well. He's a refined diva. I'm like a I'm like a dumpster fire, batshit crazy diva, and he's a refined diva. But he has the big dramatic personality and you love those. Whereas Scott, I think, is terrified of big dramatic personalities, but has come to <laughs> accept mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Look, he can be big and dramatic, but the, but we're, it's pretty calm. We're pretty calm. I'm not a fighter, as you well know. You and, are not a fighter. And, uh, I am. <laughs> that's right, as Christina Aguilera <laughs> would say.
0: Thanks for making me a fighter.
1: I'm more Eugenie in a bottle. I'm not kidding. Um, no, no, yeah. no. I'm. I, I yeah. I like. It. I like to come home and have it be calm and have someone there yeah. and at with a nice little Hillary Clinton or Nancy Pelosi impression for <laughs> me to enjoy.
0: <laughs> Well, look, somehow, you know, both our methods work. I sense yours is more harmonious, but mine, there's a lot of passion and, um, you know, 20 years. It is nothing. I'm really proud of us because, you know, obviously we had two separations. We had a year apart. He moved out. We've been through the loss of a baby. We've been through me being dragged through the press. We've been through multiple state moves. A magpie burial. A magpie burial. (laughs) One child through VCE. Mm. The birth of another. It's been it's been an extraordinary Australian idol. <laughs> like
1: it's just it's so funny to think you've had one child through VCA and you've got another one that's so far away from that so <laughs> far.
0: So far. But look, <sighs> I am I am being sent out of the house with Elio. We're gonna go for a long walk.
1: On your because, anniversary. Well,
0: oh, uh, things are being prepared. The girls and he are doing things, so for me, my love language is effort. I love it when someone puts in effort. I don't necessarily need gifts. I buy them myself, as everyone knows. Yeah. I love when someone does something just solely for my joy in terms of an act of service. So that's what he's doing. <laughs> love an act of service. An act of, no, but for me an act of service is like he bought the washing in. So no, I it just,
1: just it. sounded like, so yeah, so slightly close well, to well, an authoritarian me with, well, dictator, well, dictator well, might say, I appreciate <laughs> in my citizenry, acts of service.
0: <laughs> anyway, it feels right. It is. Look, it, it is a
1: dictatorship in this house. <laughs> <laughs> they like very camp parades in dictatorships yeah. and so would you. I,
0: pre- I pretend it's a democracy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of dictators, actually, what an excellent segue. I've been delighted this morning to wake up to a new book. I wonder how many books have been written about Trump? Has someone done a I feel like there's been an, an, an exhaustive amount of books. Is anyone reading them? It just seems well, to be a Well, there was spate. definitely that.
1: There, there was that douche that had written you know the the uh, the watergate journalist who wrote the bx yeah. base about how he was so doddery and everything like that a couple that was years ago now. it feels like 10 yeah. years ago and there's actually one that's just coming out now that is claiming that uh he had an episode last year where he had a whole lot of mini strokes and trump yeah. is railing about that on twitter so they and pop up he, every now niece, and again
0: his niece wrote one recently as oh, well of course I'm yes sure. yeah, no, mary well, uh, there's a new book out called Melania and Me, The Rise and Fall of My Friendship with the First Lady. It's a catchy
1: title. <laughs> you want to read it, but more than that, you want to see like the FX miniseries where they've oh, cast 100%. the showdown between the women.
0: I can't wait. And so it's all about the female showdowns too, which is just, oh, God, I'm so. Excited.
1: Imagine that when if Melania says like a kiss off line and that accent with that squinty look and, oh.
0: She does, <laughs> apparently. So it's a new tell-all book from Melania's former best mate, ready for the name, Stephanie Winston Wolfkoff.
1: <sighs>
0: <laughs> she's blonde, she's thin, she's tanned. But I don't know how tight they were because in the book, Stephanie calls their friendship, you're going to love this, lunch-based.
1: <laughs> it's actually what I aspire to in friendships, a lot of it.
0: Is ours Disney-based? Diva-based? I what think we've actually
1: her? got a lot of bases. We've got a, we've got <laughs> a constellation of bases for like our that. lunch In the based. same
0: breath of calling her my best friend, our friendship was lunch-based. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So we needed to be doing something so we didn't have to speak too much. (laughs) We needed to be shoveling things in our mouths.
0: Now, they met 15 years ago when Melania had just started dating Trump and uh, Stephanie was working at Vogue and Melania was a module And um, they kind of rose up together and she's become a a major event planner. In fact, so major that she put together Trump's $107 million inauguration Mm. (laughs) where everyone was given a $100,000 Tiffany crystal bowl by Ivanka. Oh. It's a (laughs) nice little gift. Well, this inauguration is currently being investigated uh, by the FBI for misappropriation funds. (laughs) (laughs) And she feels like um, she's been used as a scapegoat by the Trumps and been hung out to dry because they've said, oh, it was all her. She signed off on all the costs and she said, no, I didn't and and I brought everything to their attention. There were trees that would only cost $10 that were being written off as 1000 People were staying at Trump hotels and pumping millions of dollars back into his own hotels. So it's like she's really come out against it all mm. and apparently – the book is based on conversations, again highlighting the closeness of their friendship. Mm-hmm. Based on conversations she secretly recorded between her and Melania. Ooh, I hope each chapter you
1: also get a little look at the menu of what they were eating <laughs> at the time. <laughs> were they having a Caesar salad? I love that. When when this idea. Took place.
0: I just feel like again that's not something friends normally do. I mean, we record no. our conversations now, but certainly not the private ones. Um, <laughs> but the the thing I love most about it is she spills. Or the Ivanka tea, which you and I are very interested in.
1: Oh, yeah. There's some, yeah. I, the Melania Ivanka relationship is riveting, or lack of relationship, should there's I say. There's
0: none. And this confirms that they hate each other. Melania calls her the princess and refuses to call her by her name. And the Ivanka undermines Melania at every turn. Now, Stephanie was also an unpaid advisor to Melania. <laughs>
1: Okay, (laughs) that's, (laughs) I think I could probably claim that status in your life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You could, you absolutely could. Uh, And she said that it's cold war between them and that Ivanka is, always there's always espionage where things are involved she's stolen Melania's staff she's taken offices in the east wing which is where the first lady's offices are she's taken photo ops there was a massive showdown over where she would be seated at the inauguration and she said they absolutely hate each other the real housewives of the white house has to happen like I just Oh, it will.
1: It's destiny. We're going to have an explosion of TV adaptations of this whole era. I think it's just, it's a bit too intense at the moment, but the second the oh. era passes, we're going to, the rest of our life we're going to be tuning into about 80 different people playing members of the Trump family. Oh, I
0: can't wait i want the crown but the trumps that's what i want
1: i don't know that i could commit to it for that long <laughs> the crown has gone for many seasons <laughs> i want a bet ba- i want it to be bad too. i see i want more your lifetime sort of approach to the way they do with the right royal when that sort of i don't want the high-end hbo i, I want <laughs> i want to see a terrible former soap star taking on Melania. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I just, I want it. I'm sure it's happening. I mean, they'll probably have to wait till Donald dies because he'll sue the, like. can you imagine, all the suing that will go on. But, you know, that's got that to look forward to. Um, Well, you and I have been sending each other text messages about, you must watch this, you must watch that, Mm. you must watch this. And we're not, we're we're both feeling very overwhelmed by it because (laughs) there is so much telly. But I must say to you and all of the people listening now, there is a show that has completely taken over my life. It's called The Casketeers. I have been Instagramming about it. I've tweeted about it. I've told every person I've come across, the people at the shops, like I've just bought it up because – It has changed my relationship with death and I know this is the second time this week we're talking about death but I have always been very scared of death and as a kid I used to be like I used to make sure that I said goodnight to my family in case one of us died during the night and we went out on bad terms. Even if mum and I had a massive fight, which was quite often, Mm -hmm. I would make sure we spoke because I was so convinced that if I didn't I would be punished during the night and someone would die. The death has hovered over me as this big fear and I've watched this show it's about um, Tiffany Funerals, run by Francis and Kiora Tiffany, and they have five sons, but you don't really see them. And they're in New Zealand. They're a Maori couple, and the show is the most life affirming thing I've ever watched. And I know it's about death, Michael, but oh my god,
1: it's so good. I like things about death. You don't need to. You don't need to encourage things. I mean, as famously, I like to write death. <laughs> you do like to write
0: death. But I know it's strange because initially you're like oh god a show about a funeral parlor and but for me I found it it's 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 moving and warm it's hilarious and it's completely tasteful. They never kind of overstep the boundaries of the families or the deceased. It's mm. and you know, Francis who's the main guy. He is the campest straight man. And you know, in the past, Maori men have been portrayed, you know, as violent on kind of the world stage. Think about once we were warriors. And but Francis is this beautiful, gentle, warm, camp straight funeral director. Who I I just feel so such a kinship with. He's obsessed with shoes. He's obsessed with interior design. He's obsessed with spending money. He's obsessed with leaf blowers.
1: And with this new leaf blower, I could do that whole car park in like five minutes. Amazing. So uh, that's why I need to tell my wife. This is the reason we need it. What do you mean? I really need one of these.
0: And his wife, Keora, is the most long-suffering, gorgeous. She's just, it's an incredible, it's like Taika Waititi. Waititi, yeah, Waititi has has made a documentary about funeral directors. So I just, I know, I know. You, I know you don't you have time. You keep urging me
1: to watch it. No, well, like, the thing is, it's, yes, this is the problem. And likewise, I'm watching shows. I'm watching two shows that I, in fact, I'm going to say three shows that I think each one <laughs> of them M would be obsessed with. And yet I can't get in the schedule. and no, she you can't get in mine.
0: No you I'm telling you once I finish Cascates I will and I want you to tell me about yours but I just want to say to everyone watch it because it educates you about death and it tells you what happens when sometimes you don't know till you're in the middle of your first funeral and planning it for your loved one, and and it shows you what happens in the funeral home, how they dress them, and and Francis talks to the person who's died the whole time and tells him what he's doing, tells him what he's doing, and the taboo of death and the mist and the shroud of death is lifted, and the Maori cultures and some of the Samoan culture, I want to be, and I said to Scott, "Am I allowed to be buried as a Maori? <laughs> like, is that something?" Sorry. Is that deep? Do you know, know what I, I was mean just like thinking we not were, as a matter one up Adele for Caribbean <laughs> cultural
1: appropriation. Can
0: I culturally appropriate the the culture <laughs>
1: Comedian of Bebe and Ramciano has opted for a traditional Maori funeral the twist is she's still alive.
0: But. I want a traditional Maori funeral. They are so lovely and respectful and gentle, and and the celebration and the photos and the community and the eating and the love. And I know it's wrong for me to ask for a traditional Maori funeral, but I would dearly love one. Mm -hmm. Italian
1: funerals can be well; they can uh, they can be quite loud, a A lot of crying. They're, they're gothic. A gothic. Yeah, Catholic gothic.
0: Yeah, big Catholic goth. When I Adrian's prefer... father
1: died, we had the, the, mm, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> both an Asian wing to the family. Was Italian. Yes, and an yes. Italian. And let's just say one wing of the family was a lot louder in their grief than the other.
0: Oh. I know the combination of his Chinese side and his Italian side, the one in the funeral, would have been this, the difference. I imagine, yeah, one side would have been much louder. Much louder. I've seen the wailing that goes on. I've. I'm, I know. But, okay, now sell me on your shows. What am I watching?
1: Okay. Well, so I'm going to come out and say the first one I'm mentioning is called I May Destroy You, show of the year. Probably the show of the year.
0: Wow. Yeah. Show of the year from Michael Lucas.
1: Yeah, it's a British uh, half hour. I don't think I'd call it a comedy. I don't know. Um, It's by this uh, writer, director, creator, actress, Michaela Cole, who she had another show on Netflix called Chewing Gum.
0: Oh, yeah, I know Chewing Gum. Yep. She
1: basically, in real life, uh, had her drink spiked and had a blackout and she had been raped. Uh, she's spoken about this extensively in interviews and everything, uh, mm. and she's basically developed this show, I May Destroy You, about that experience. And and I, it's just it's a it's a really bold show. Sometimes it is really hilarious, and it and it just dives into that whole experience from all these different angles. It goes back and forth in time. Uh, and it it looks at online shaming It it just really goes places and, Mm. and you, and when you're watching it, you have no idea what's going to happen or where it's going to go next. And Mm. she's pretty electrifying. She's great. So
0: that's on binge. And how do we, is, what is binge another platform I have to get?
1: Another platform, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is. Binge is like.
1: Oh it's okay. the Fox. you can also see a Succession on binge and it's basically it's you know Alright, it's Rupert's. It's Rupert's streaming service. It's FoxTel needed to create a streaming service and binge, Does binge that's what
0: it is. is Rupert aware that I may destroy you is on his platform?
1: Doesn't yeah, sound like Yeah, I mean he's, as long as people as Handing over money. Well, his succession's on his platform, and that's like oh. a massive fuck you to him. <laughs> so, okay,
0: binge. Um, binge is the platform, and it's called I May Destroy You. Okay, yeah. good. I love it. You've it show of the year, and you know TV guys. Quickly write it down. The
1: interesting thing is, I think these days it's harder for something to emerge as the show of the year because there's so many shows. So many. There's 600 English language shows now, and when oh like when we started Offspring, there was under 200.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So it is a real explosion. And if you think about it, like, if the big shows that really have cut through that feel like everyone's watching, do we still have them? Like Game of Thrones was sort of the last time I can remember there being a drama that it felt like everyone was tuning into and we were all clustered together watching. But these days there are these amazing shows just sort of slipping through every other day, literally.
0: But I don't think we've had another big Event TV series like Game of Thrones, but, kind of.
1: But can you still get it? Like, isn't The Witcher yeah. supposed to be that?
0: <gasps> oh, I love The Witcher. I could talk for three days about Henry Cavill. I love him.
1: But you wouldn't say the whole world's talking about it the way they were nah. in Game of Thrones. Uh, for no, me, the not. closest probably is Succession. But it's mm. but it's a pretty ni- it's still niche. Like I would think of it as being niche.
0: It's so true. I can't think of another show. Well, Fleabag felt like everyone watched that. That's
1: true. You know what it's become like? TV has become like how books have always been. That there's yeah. a bazillion released and every once in a while something comes along that becomes yeah, every once in a while you get your Da Vinci code. <laughs> but <laughs> um, But the vast majority of them are just sort of out there yeah. and, you know, they can be really respected. And not like the old days when there was only a few TV stations and just whatever was served up in drama was what everyone was watching. It's, <laughs> I don't know. And there is a little tragic part of me that misses that.
0: Really? I don't miss having to wait a week to find out what was going to happen on Melrose Place. It used to drive me insane. As an impatient person, I'm so glad I can watch everything at once whenever I want it and whenever it suits me. I don't miss it. At all.
1: I think it depends on the show. I lo- And for me, because uh, uh, Succession was still week by week and I remember there was a big build-up to that finale oh, yeah, that was good. last time. The other show that I remember really well, working well. you were coming well,
0: around to my house each Monday. Totally.
1: We were performing dance routines to the opening credit mm-hmm. sequence. And the, the first season of Big Little Lies really worked week for week because it really, it mm. only revealed itself what it was really about. I mean, now we just all remember what the Nicole Kidman story was, but in the beginning it's like, oh, this is about these sort of rich backstabby women. And then as it went on, it suddenly mm. emerged, oh, my God, that's not what this show is about at all. And it got more and more compelling and there was something about the weight in between episodes that meant that 80 bazillion think pieces could be written every week about the latest <laughs> episode that I think for that show it really, it did work. So I don't know. I, do, I think it depends. I may destroy you. I feel like I'll we'll do well in a binge because it goes to these sort of really odd places. All
0: right, now what's the second before you go? Give us another. Okay, one. Okay, I hate Susie. Oh, <laughs> She's
1: on. Yes, it's on. Stan. It stars Billy Piper, who's not that biggest star here, although she was a pop star. Every gay will know day she was a night. pop star in the I early nineties. Exactly. Every day and night. night. <laughs> And she was Doctor Who's offside lady in a few of those series. And she's just, she's got together actually with one of the writers of Succession and she's created the show as well. And the story is she plays a sort of a fictionalised version of herself Mm. kind of, like a child star that become a sci-fi star. And in the first episode um, all these pictures leak that are basically her sucking a cock and it's very clearly not her husband's cock. And it it is about...
0: What a premise. Oh, what a premise. What a premise. (laughs) It's
1: incredible. And also get to EP2 and what is really freaky about that is this other guy appears in it and his name's Dexter Fletcher, who was Spike on Press Gang (gasps) to anyone who ever. Linda Day. Oh, my God. He's also, he is so old now. He's so old.
0: Spike on Press. I've loved Press Gang so much. Oh, my God. I know. All right. No, I didn't realise it was Billy Piper when I watched the preview the other day when you sent it to me. I used to love her. And I remember she married this guy who was really old with red hair. Like, I remember she got married young to an old guy with red hair. I don't know why that stuck Mm. with me. All right, so we're going to watch that one too. I hate Susie on Stan. Excellent. We're like a modern day sweary David and Margaret, aren't we? We really? Someone should give us a review (laughs) show. Oh no, I don't because
1: I, I'm only ever going to talk about things that I love because I because I make things so I'm happy to like spread the word about things I love but I'm not going to I'm never going to stand there criticizing.
0: No, no, that would be the premise of the show. We only talk about stuff we love.
1: Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Doesn't sound very compelling. The key to Margaret and David was that they would disagree, We'd and disagree. then she would be sitting there going,
0: "Oh no, ah, this, we've had a million downloads. We work. Sorry, <laughs> babes. The formula <laughs> fucking works."
1: Oh, Jesus, <laughs> that sounded a bit Trump.
0: Anyway, <laughs> uh, Scott does refer to me as that sometimes. There are
1: look, Shut we've up. commented on this before. There, there are these weird parallels at times with you and Trump.
0: What? Name yeah, two.
1: he has this innate sense for how sometimes how oh, uh, sort careful. of no 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 for for just how there there can be the worst impulses out in the public like the race and i'm not saying you the difference is he um capitalizes on that but you also can look out to like i i sometimes take a very polly view of like i was shocked when he got elected and you predicted it you knew you knew all along you sent me that text in the day
0: I mean, I also, like, I consume so much stuff because I'm an insomniac, so I spend all night reading the US press that comes out because it's daytime in the US, and I'm able to kind of, my brain works in a way that I can read stuff quickly and kind of collate it quickly and then – Realize there's a pattern and a trend, and then I'm able to form my opinions. That's how I do it. It's not like I'm a magical princess. I mean, I no, am.
1: but you've got you've got an you got your finger on the pulse, and this you've got an. I instinct don't see for how it. that
0: makes me Trump S. <laughs> you know what? If you're not very careful, I'm going to write my own fucking tell-all book about you. Goodness me.
1: <laughs> I think I could counter
0: it. You could.
1: <laughs> no, the only problem with us doing tell-all books is that the most incriminating stuff we have is some of the messages we would sent to each other, and they're both. We'd both go down. We oh, both 100%. go down. We can't. And, we can't. But explicate.
0: you're the. You stupidly have lots of close friends. You're my only friend that I tell every, all my darkest thoughts to. So there's only one person who could fuck me over. You've got about twenty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I don't think I'm. I don't think I've done anything too bad. I don't think they would say anything that bad about me. I certainly hope not.
0: Nah, you're right. <laughs> or are you? Let me just press stop on the recording. If you want to know
1: some more details. <laughs> All right, <laughs>
0: got to go because it's my 20th anniversary and I'm sitting here sweaty in pyjamas, so i got to go and get dressed and get out of the house so they can do whatever they're going to do.
1: That's a beautiful. What a sign off. My 20-year anniversary, I'm sweaty in pyjamas. I'm
0: sweating in my pyjamas. Romance <laughs> is alive. <laughs> Happy Emerald, whatever it is. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, talk later. Bye. Bye. This is Salation. All right, guys. That's probably enough from me. Uh, Hope you enjoyed everything you just heard. You've got a lot of homework, a lot of things to watch. Watch my show first. Watch The Casketeers first because I hate Susie and um, I may destroy you. I know him. They will be amazing but they will take it out of you. The (laughs) Casketeers, I know that'll – just watch mine first and then watch his. (laughs) Don't tell him I I told you that. Oh, shit, he listens. (laughs) I love you, Michael. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for listening. And, um, oh, my God, I just realised Elio has started saying ah and um, and I just realised how many times I do that because I heard myself do it then. That's the exact same tone. I gave Elio a mullet yesterday. A lot of you were upset. It's a cool mullet. It's a dusty – Dustin. Which footballer has the mullet? Dustin, which one? Hello? Scott. Scott. Martin, <laughs> Hey, Matt, my editor, I think you should leave all that in so people understand 20 years of marriage. <laughs> all right, guys, I'm off. Have a great day, have a great weekend, and we'll chat next week. Oh, don't forget to recommend us to everyone. And don't forget to follow us. And if you want to become a patron, go to mraciano.com forward slash listen to become a member. You can support us just a little bit financially to help keep the lights on at the insulation building. All right, I'm going now. I've really got to go. I'm so sweaty. I've got to go Make myself beautiful. I'm going to put on a winged eyeliner. A winged eyeliner. I might even trim the koala ears. Probably won't. <laughs> Bye. A podcast one production.